Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. This is Step Up to a Stronger Marriage, Part 2, Episode 14. 14. So welcome back, guys. Welcome back. I hope you're enjoying our segments on marriage and how to make it, making uh, marriage stronger and and uh, God's and uh, God's ways. Because God ultimately created marriage. If you guys don't know, his the first marriage that was ever created was Adam and Eve, and they lasted for a while, even though Eve did screw up when she ate the apple. But we don't need to go down that far. But it's just an example that God created marriage and he created marriage to be a certain way in a certain way only. And that's all that needs to be said. So we're going to um, talk about three different sections of this podcast. What's up, Graham? Okay. The different topics of marriage we're going to talk about is one is, is a three part. One, avoiding and overcoming struggles. Two, family time, and three, a marriage according to God. We're going to touch on that a little bit. There's different points that we're going to talk about in each chapter of the book that we're we getting all this from is marriage God's way. And so we're going to take a, a simple uh, uh, sample snippets of the, each chapter. Just explain to you how to make a stronger marriage. And honestly, by far, we are not experts in this field at all, but we learned over the years as to what works for us, and maybe these little simple topics will work in your marriage as well. Welcome back, everyone, to the last part of this. Yes, and if you'd like to get this book and read all the little nuggets within it, because uh, we're skipping around, um, you can find it um, on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. You can go to our website, Your New Life Ministries. Or, and we just didn't sit there and decide, okay, we're going to write according to us. No, we interviewed three different couples who had been married a long time and are Christians. And we also got it from the Bible. That's why we quote so many Bible verses. Um, in this chapter relating to what we're talking about because we want you to know that it's God's way, not Sandy and Donnie's way. So if you do it God's way, you know it's going to succeed. And so this episode deals with the section in the book called Avoiding and Overcoming Struggles and there are different chapters within the book that we're going to touch on. And so Marriage is a symbol of the unity because a man and a woman becomes one. So when we're saved, we become one with the Lord. So it's kind of a symbol. It's a symbol of our relationship with him. So in the first part, uh, first uh, chapter in this um, episode we're going to talk about is marriage according to God. And what exactly does that mean? Yes, and I touched on that in my opening, but... Marriage is between a man and a woman, joined together as one. So then they're no longer two but one flesh. 
Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. This is from the Bible to Matthew 19, 6. And honestly, when you two, I mean, you've got to remember, you, you are still two different people. But according to God, you're one flesh. But you always got to remember, you're not going to agree on every single solitary thing. That is literally impossible to do because you two have two brains, two hearts. Everything is separate, but God put you together for a reason. But He put you together in your heart. So you gotta remember why you got you two got married in the first place. Just because you have fights and disagreements doesn't mean you had to separate or divorce just because you didn't agree on one single thing. It's called compromise, talking, communication. My wife and I get to do that all the time. We There are some things we just don't agree on, but we agree to disagree, and we remember why we love each other in the first place. Hence, marriage. Yes. So, um, in doing it, marriage according to God's way, a way to really have success is to do it God's way. If you read the Bible and you pay attention to God's instruction on marriage, you can avoid a lot of problems in your marriage. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The, the rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew and beat against the house. I'm going to stop right there. Those are the attacks that are coming against your marriage. Um, issues with money and you get afraid. Uh, what are we going to do? Um, issues at work that you come home in a bad mood or you disagree about wanting to do something or wanting to purchase something or go here or go there or something broken you don't have the money for it or disagreements about a certain way that you want to raise your children and we're going to touch on that. This is some of the different things and many, many more that comes against your marriage. That's the rain. Uh, that's the winds that blow against the house, the house, the rock of the house of your marriage. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock, Jesus Christ. That's my little input on that. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them was like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And it was a great collapse. It's going to fall if you don't have marriage in your heart personally, each of you. And if you don't make them the center of, in the, the forefront, the end, and the center of your marriage. It is a, comp, a covenant between you and God. And God is really strict about covenants. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Malachi 2.14 You are blessed by him and coming against and, come, and putting him in your heart and in the center of your marriage. Proverbs 18.22 He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Exactly. You know, I'm often reminded of this one metaphor in regards to men and women are completely different people, just like what you eat on a dinner table every day. Every time you go out or every time you sit at the dinner table, you see salt and pepper shakers. 
They are two completely different things. They have different looks, uh, taste, everything about them is different. But you always see them on the dinner table together. Just like man and woman, they're completely different, but you always see them together. And you also need to ask yourself these questions and how to keep your marriage together. One, how do you keep your wedding vows until death do you part? Because God meant marriage to last for life. Mankind created the concept of divorce. God never said nothing about divorce in the Bible. Number two, are you prepared to keep your marriage pure, undefiled, or taking all others? No words. When you're in the world, you're going to be tempted by a bunch of things. Women, men, same thing. And as far as temptation goes, they're, they're, Satan's going to put things in your path that's going, ooh, man, that woman looks good. But does she look better than your wife? And, and it's already adultery. If and it, it's already adultery. When you're, when you're looking at that and looking at that person that way, in God's eyes, you're already committing adultery because you said, wow, look at that. <clears throat> Well, what you should be saying is, wow, look at my wife and them tight little jeans. Good Lord Almighty. <laughs> but no, and also, and number three, are you prepared to keep God first? Listening attentively. Be supportive, loving, understanding. Put them first before, before others and always be available for each other. Answer is having a relationship with Jesus Christ and keeping your eyes fixed on him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews twelve two. The answer is keeping his commandments. If you lose, if you love me, keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. It is leaving your sinful life behind you. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 8, 11, in which God knows that mankind can't keep all the Ten Commandments in which he died on the cross for our sin. In the ancient days, the, the people of, the, of, the, of Jerusalem, or whoever they were, made 600 and some odd commandments. And sadly enough, God knew we couldn't even keep ten. So why there were 600 and some is beyond my understanding because we're so flawed we can't keep them. Yeah, so now the next part. Oh my goodness. This one always has a lot of problems. But remember, God has got to be the first part, the center, and the end. It means he's watch, he's everything. He's all a part of your marriage. That's what that means. Psalm 127 1 says, of Solomon, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. See, you're going to have trouble in your marriage, and you have you can over and you can overcome it when God is the main part of it and the main part of your heart. So finances can cause a whole lot of trouble. Donnie and I talk to each other about everything. I'm usually the ones, because I've been a you know bookkeeper most of my life um, before, 
I, I started working with the young children of Teen Challenge uh, and started in ministry for myself. But he doesn't want it. So you're each good at part of, of everything. And Donnie don't want to do that part. But do I do it all, all, all by myself and that's it? No. Every time the bills come in, this is what we're going to pay. This is what we have in our account. Uh, we discuss what we're going to purchase. Um, yes, we're not, I'm not going to go get his permission for every little, like a, I see something for $20, but am I going to tell him about it? Yes. Okay, you need to be honest. That's part of another part of this section is, is honest. You have to be honest with each other because when you're not, that's when Satan is going to come in and he's going to make things known at just at the wrong moment to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what John 10, 10 says. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So here we have 14 points that's going to help you in your marriage. Like I said, discuss checking accounts such as joint, separate, or both. But you, you know, it never should be yours or mine because you become one and it's both of yours. Um, and the Lord said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Genesis 2.18. Investment accounts is the same thing. Um, who handles the money and the bills, etc.? Okay, make up your mind that you each have to tell each other. Both of you should know how to get into all accounts. That's not just checking accounts. That's credit, credit cards, loans, everything, life insurance. There should be no secrets of anything that considers that's a part of your marriage. There should be absolutely no secret spending. Honesty can keep you safe, but if you can't be trusted, you trap yourself. Um, that is the CEV version. Proverbs 11.6. And six, make no big purchases without your spouse knowing about it. Well, that should be pretty much common sense. Seven, make a budget. Stick with it. Your budget should be reviewed consistently. Your bills should not be more than 30% of your gross monthly income. And create a savings account. Put something in it every payday. This will prove invaluable in emergencies. Do not get in over your head. The rich rules over for and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Proverbs 22 7. Number eight, if having financial issues, talk with a financial advisor. Which honestly, we're talking about financial advisor even though we don't have to, because it's always good to get different insights on how we can improve our financial well being. Because not every person is perfect. You can always get insights. Loans. From time to time, you may need to get a loan. As before, you uh, as before, you do not get in over your head in debt. This includes loans and credit cards. And lending to family. According to the Bible, we are to take care of our family. But this needs to be discussed together and make sure you're not enabling that your family member if it becomes consistent. It, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and especially especially of his household, if he's denied faith and is worse than an unbeliever. First Timothy 5, 8. 11. Update your will and legal documents. If you have children, make sure they are thinking about them when drawing up a will and life insurance. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children. 
pilgrim, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Proverbs 13, 22. Well, insurance. Discuss homeowner's insurance, life insurance. If you are just getting married, then you will want to update this. 13. Beneficiaries. This is to will need this is to will uh, will need to update everywhere to include your spouse after you get married. And finally, 14, credit cards. You should have your spouse's name on them after you get married. Money as well as credit is now joint. Which, which honestly, this is all should be common sense. Every couple in America should be discussing this because it is necessary. Money, I'll tell you this right now, money is the root of all evil. But sadly enough, in this day and age, it's a necessity. Because you don't have money, you can't live. So it's kind of a two-edged sword. Because money can also destroy everything. Yes. And so our next chapter, 11, is avoiding pests in the marriage. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If God is first in your hearts individually and he is first in your marriage, he is going to be the covering for your family. And we're not going to read this whole chapter, but there is 20 good points we came up of, came up, and we're going to kind of go through them. Um, one, go to church and have family devotion time. Pray continually. Stay away from pornography. Pornography. Stay away from gambling. Addictions of any sort is anything, anything that, is controlling you that you can't stay away from that keeps you from making sound judgments. So stay away from alcohol addiction, drug addiction. Um, go to God. Go to God. Let him be your refuge. Psalm 46, 1 says he is our refuge and our strength, the very present help in times of trouble. Flee sexual immorality. Okay. It's you and your wife. Period. End of story. You don't be looking at things on online, on TV. You don't be staring at the opposite sex. Uh, Satan is going to take that bait, and he is going to run with it, okay? Don't give him any ammunition. He's got enough on his own without us helping him out. Don't tell members of the opposite sex your marital issues. Come on, people. Satan is going to jump on that bandwagon as well. And, and she's going to be oh so sympathetic, or he's going to be oh so sympathetic. And then Satan's going to start putting that thought in your mind that, wow, they treat me better than my own wife. Or they treat me better than my own husband. Stop it. Don't do that. Because the Bible says, do not commit adultery, Exodus 20, 14. Drink, <coughs> excuse me, drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well, Proverbs 5, 15. That means keep it in the marriage. Stay pure and holy. Be holy because I am holy, 1 Peter 1, 16. And first, before continuing on, I want to define what exactly we mean by <coughs> Marriage. Pests in marriage is simply defined by this. It's a metaphor. Anything that takes your heart away from God and your spouse are pests, which defines as one, gambling, two, 
pornography, anything, alcohol, anything that takes your heart away from God in your life. That's what we're talking about here is stay the heck away from it. In other words, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Hey, trust each other, be open and honest about everything. Nine, do not keep secrets. And do not get jealous. Which, you know, what I do, that's going to happen because we're naturally human, but it's not right. Because jealousy means no trusting. But, but honestly, some people have been abused previously, so it's very hard to overcome the jealousy aspect. It can't be done, but it just takes long. And you have to understand to your spouse about that because you don't know what they've been through in their previous relationship. So just be mindful of that. Read. <laughs> and um, number 11, put each other first before others. 12, be available for each other and do not allow life or jobs to get in the way of this. 13, com compliment, show and appreciation. Do not even uh, do, uh, do even the trivial things for your spouse. 14, money. Both should know everything about what's going on with your finances. Is common sense. 15, do not be too controlling. You are not to control each other's property. You are to submit each other, but as to the Lord. For your brothers, we are called to freedom, but do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another in love. Galatians 5.13 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21 The love of God was selfless, sacrificial, and not selfish and only to out to please self. You are not to uh, you are not each other's property to use or end of use. Sixteen. Learn to set boundaries. Too many are not good, but boundaries set according to the standards of Christ and keeping your marriage and family priority are good and needed. Set fast, therefore, liberty by which Christ has made uh, made us for made us free. Do not entangle again with yoke of bondage. Galatians 5, 1. 17. Talk it out. Do not go to bed angry. This only gives time to fester and the devil plant seeds of destruction. Therefore, putting away lying, a lying it, it, let each other speak truth which his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let sun go down on your wrath, nor give place well. To the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Remember, you always need honesty and communication. You need to talk everything out. And you shouldn't be afraid to go to your spouse and be able to talk to them about everything, even the most sensitive issues. Because that's how you keep your marriage pure. That's how you stay united in one. It is necessary to talk it out. But sometimes it is necessary to step away. I call this SPP. Stop, pause, and pray. Stop, pause a minute. Just step away a minute and take a breath. Because sometimes you are going to get mad. And you, when you say things, sometimes you can say things that you regret later on. But the damage is done. So take a breath, step away, and say, you know what, I, I need to take a breath, break, and we'll come back and talk about this later because I don't want to say anything I regret. So don't just let it go overnight and stew. Take a few minutes, take 15 minutes, and then come back. And while you're in those 15 minutes, pray to God 
and ask him, God, help calm me down. Ask him to shed some light and show you the truth if you're thinking things wrong. Don't be so prideful that I'm right all the time and I'm never wrong. Okay, come on. Only God's that way. Every one of us are wrong at one point or another. Every one of us has said wrong things. Every one of us have had wrong perceptions about something. So don't be also gloating about yourself that you're perfect and you never do anything wrong. Come on. God God says he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So remember that. That's in the book of James, chapter four. Um, you're not all that in a bag of chips. So just, you know, be humble and sometimes accept, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was thinking wrong. Maybe I had the wrong viewpoint and go to God about it. Do not manipulate. Okay. Use gentle words, please. Don't be critical. Don't be critical in calling names. Um, these things really hurt. Um, and as, you know, women. Okay, most women are romantic and they love kind words. They love to be told, "I love you," and "Hey, you really look pretty." You don't need to be have a special occasion to compliment your spouse. And women, same for your husband. You know, just. You know, they're looking nice one day going out. To, Honey, you really look nice. Um, and, you know, I really love you and appreciate you when they're doing something special, small for you. Say, you know, thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. That goes a long way. Do not argue in front of your children or in front of others. Take it behind closed doors. Keep God first and put on the full armor of God. You can read that in Ephesians chapter 6 because it will guard your marriage. He is love and keeping him first in every aspect of your life, your family, your marriage. When tough times hit, he will be the glue that holds you together and he will be the light that guides you away. Amen to that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and play a song by Jackie Velasquez called God Who Moves Mountains. We'll be right back right after this.
that song by Jackie Blasquez called God Who Moves Mountains. We're going to continue on with chapter 12, family time. And what exactly does it mean to have family time? Well, it should be pretty much common sense. Anything that you're doing to spend time with your family. You created your family with the help of God, but why not nourish it? Why not feed it? And you feed it and nourish it by spending time with them. Well, even if it's just your wife or your wife and a couple of kids, you have to be there for them. And just take them out for a pizza or just take them out, walk around the block. It doesn't take much just to be there in the present with your family, whom you're supposed to love and cherish. And this is how you do it. You don't need to spend a gobs of money proving that. You can just give them yourself. And we're going to talk about the few things to consider when making family time. One, make time. Make time during the week. Sit at dinner ta table together. It is a wonderful place to talk about the day. Make time for your extended family as well. Moms, dads, brothers, and sisters. I have a question for you. So, even if it's just, a, you know, you haven't had children yet, whether you've had children or whether you've not, it's just you. Take time to eat together and, and, and talk about the day's activities. So, what is one thing, especially in these times, days and times, that everyone has, even children now nowadays, um, what is the one thing that you should not bring to the dinner table? 
Well, you bring that up because actually I talked about that on the show, Doug Dynasty. Willie was asking Sadie, will you be there with us at the dinner table instead of being on that stupid phone? And why kids have cell phones today is beyond my understanding. No kid at the end of the age of 16 should have a cell phone. That's my personal opinion. Because you go to some place, they're, they're hanging out with a friend. One person has a cell phone there. One. At least one. I would take that damn phone and break it. Because nine times out of ten, they're not even talking on it. All they're doing is texting. Yes, but it's not just children. Yes, we adults. Come on. Own it. We do the same thing. And, you know, it really bothers me because sometimes, hey, sometimes I'm doing it. And sometimes Donnie's doing it. And we're talking to each other, yet the other one's glued, you know, their face in the phone. And you really don't hear. You say you hear, but you really don't hear completely when you're not being attentive. And the whole that's a whole nother topic being, you know, attentive listening is listening, being engaged, repeating back what the other person says. And listening is also the nonverbal signs you're paying attention to. Because you may be talking. And they're not saying anything, but you can tell by their facial expressions that something you said maybe hit a nerve. So really be engaged and, and don't bring the phones to the table, please. Prioritize your work and your life issues around your family. Okay. If it's like and every night the boss is wanting you to stay late and you have planned something with your wife, is this a good thing? So, you know, please expand on that, Donnie, on on work uh, because sometimes okay every once in a while you know expand on that so we're talking about every night you know working late or every every other night hey this buddy's calling hey i need your help so can you please explain a little bit on that one how you want me to explain i mean the boss is asking you to stay late every now and again and i can understand you telling the boss that well i can do it this night but i can't do it this night they can't force you because it's okay but uh, yeah, you just have to not be afraid to tell your boss, well, you got plans, you can't do it. And they'll just have to get somebody else. And they can't fire you for it, they can't get mad because it's voluntary. <clears throat> but yes, prioritize family time and learn to set boundaries and not let your work take advantage of you, which a lot of people do. A lot of men, especially, let their work take advantage of them. So you just have to be watching out for that. Number four, leave no regrets. Do not once your children are older, you cannot get the time back, and they will more likely have resentments. Five, work is not more important than your family, especially when it comes to their baseball, soccer, football games, and for girls, their recitals. He who troubles his own house will inherit wind and the food. The wind and the fool will be a servant to those to the wise of heart. Proverbs eleven twenty nine. Six, keep your promises. When you say you're going to be there, be there. Seven, do no, do trivial things with them, like helping them with their homework, ask them about their day, listening to their troubles, etc., etc. Eight, teach them the right from wrong. Just, don't just dis discipline them. Explain why and teach them according to the Bible. Train your child the way he should go up, and when he is old, he will not depart from them. Proverbs 22, 6. Number nine, take walks. I just talked about that. Go to the park, play ball, and when they are small, tell them 
stories, and read to them. Ten, schedule regular family outings. Let them take part in choosing what and where to go. Eleven, look for community events to do. Twelve, go to church, become a part of it, take uh, take part in regular church activities, etc., etc. And thirteen, have family deep clean day, which the whole family takes part. Four, fourteen, start a hobby or project together. Fifteen, schedule an outing. Outline help you less fortunate. And let's what does that say? Less fortunate. This is a fantastic way to spend time together and teach teaches them how to make compassion on others in need instead of thinking about the bad things, about the bad about them and the way they look. No, we're just talking about the homeless. Yeah, so some people are choosing to be out there because they just don't want to be in any responsibility and the money that they do get, they want to spend it on drugs and alcohol. But God says for us not to judge, yet we do it all the time. You do not know, you, you do not know that person. You do not know why they're out there and how they got there. So don't judge them because God says with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. So someone else is going to judge you incorrectly also. There is only one lawgiver and judge. That's in the Bible. Who is that? That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God Almighty. So don't judge them. God says in, in humility, consider others better than yourself. That's in the Bible. So just be kind and compassionate. Love. Because you know what? Love covers a multitude of sins. And when you're showing the love of Christ, maybe you're the only Jesus that they're going to see that's going to help them and open their eyes. Well, maybe somebody does love me. And walking by them and, you know, hi, how are you doing? Have a good day. And you know what? God loves you. Just little seeds planted in their heart. And God's going to have somebody else come and plant another seed. And then somebody else. And it's God who waters it and makes it grow. So just remember that. Um, you show the love of God and you let him be the one taking care of doing all the judging and why they're out. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you've heard the saying, the family that prays together stays together. And that is so true. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Colossians 3, 14. A bond is something that keeps you together. Your hearts may be comforted, being knit together in love, and into all the riches of the full assurance of understanding through the knowledge of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Colossians 2, 2. So this is important. And remember, there are things that you can do. So we have two chapters that we're going to really touch on rather quickly. Um, but there are 12 points in the next chapter of going back to the beginning. And we're just going to touch on a couple of things about forgive as God forgave you. God says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Yeah, you're putting yourself as an idol above God. Oh, God can forgive me, but I don't have to forgive. You're saying in that, you know, in your attitude of not wanting to forgive. But forgiving is letting go and letting God deal with it because everyone is accountable for their own sins. That is in the Bible. Everyone is going to be held accountable to God. And what forgiving does, it gets that heavy load of anger and bitterness off of your heart. 
and giving it over to God. Because someone made you mad, someone hurt your feelings, and some of these people may no longer in your, be in your life, but they're still controlling you. As long as you're holding on to that unforgiveness, they're controlling your joy into the present and into the future. So stop carrying around that weight and take it to God. The last thing I'm going to talk about on this topic is God is called in Isaiah 58, 12, to repair a broken walls, to restore a street with walls. It means he's going to repair the broken walls of your marriage. If you take it to him, he is going to take care of it. He is going to help you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. So now we're going to touch on this last chapter. Go back to the beginning. And this is meaning when you're angry at each other and, and, you're, and you're struggling. Go back to the beginning. Donnie, what exactly does that mean? I mean, take a relationship back to what you were taking. It just reminds me of that movie, Fireproof. They were struggling so much because the lead character couldn't have given his wife what she needed because she didn't know what that was. So he had to go back to the beginning and start. It was, the book was called The Love Fair. And I'm assuming that people over the world have seen this movie because of a fantastic movie called Fireproof. And it's a perfect example of going back to the beginning. One, remember why you fell in love with her. Write down and keep a journal of when you realized that you were in love. Just, I'm just going to summarize some of these. Number two, make time without children and go with that and without your phone. Turn the phone off and go to a private place where you can talk without any interruptions. That's what he had, they had to do. Three, listen actively and with an open mind and heart. Listen to others to each other's concerns. Number four. Do not assume or make rash judgments, which we all seem to do. You do not know what they are thinking and making assumptions without knowing causes a lot of problems. Number five, show grace and understanding. Both of you should put yourselves in each other's place. Be sympathetic and supportive. Number six, as you become complacent in how you look, how you appear to each other, start caring and just do what you did when you were dating. Seven. Do special things for each other. Write notes to each other just because, just because, and go the extra mile. Number eight, make time for each other. Show interest in what interests your spouse. Do not do not allow the busyness of life to get in the way. Number uh, number nine, make a point to, uh, to uh, think about. Write down each other's good points. In other words, make a list like why you fell in love with her. I mean, compliment. You know, compliment each other and things like that. Make a list of and ten. Make a list of any disagreements, and when you go to a place and talk without any interruption, discuss them. Number eleven. Examine yourself. You are not perfect. No one is, and no one is without faults. To say you do not have any mistakes is probably everybody does. Number thirteen. Get counseling and go to a pastor or a Christian, preferably counselor. And finally, number one. Compromise. He who heals the broken heart and, and binds their wounds. Psalms 147.3. That's what marriage is a lot of compromise. Because you two are two totally different people. You guys made a commitment to love each other without any interference. <coughs> Just remember why you fell in love with each other in the first place. Yes. <clears throat> there is a way. You have to just give up pride <coughs> and that selfishness which both of those our sins and be willing to think about your spouse first 
be willing to admit, well, you know, I've done some things wrong too. Because everyone does things wrong. No one is perfect. And remember, go back to the beginning and remember why you fell in love with each other in the first place. And sometimes during our marriage, we do tend to get complacent. And we let the busyness of life take over. That's why you have to schedule it. You make a schedule and you make plans for stuff that comes up for your, you know, at work and stuff for your friends. Well, why can't you put it on your calendar and set boundaries? This is happening. Nothing's coming against it. And put on your calendar schedule time to be with your spouse and to do things with your family if you have children. And don't let anything interrupt it. And on those days that you have those scheduled calls, those scheduled outings, hey, turn the phone off. Because you're always going to have, and Satan is always going to make sure, oh, well, I just need you this minute. You know, I need you just, just for a little bit, and that little bit turns in for all day. No, turn it off. you got to make your, fam your, your marriage and your family a priority, or it's not going to be one at all. So, I mean, priority over others. When you have that scheduled time, do it. Compromise and compliment. Don't criticize. Because those critical words hurt. Each one of us wants to know that, you know, what the other one thinks of us, that they think good of us, that they love us, that they think that we're beautiful, or if, you know, guy, handsome. And they like to hear those words. They like to also be appreciated when they do something for you, thank them. And these few things, if you take instruction from the Bible and you keep God in it and you go to church and don't be afraid to worship and worship in front of your children because they are going to mimic you. If God is important to you, it's going to be important to them. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope you, you can find this, um, this book and many others and devotions and go back and listen to prior podcasts on our website yournewlifeministries.org and use the contact portion if you have a question or if you'd like prayer and hey donnie have we having some updates yeah we're, we're slowly transitioning mm -hmm. uh our books so uh, we got the uh, two more in the works the one will be released when honey They've already been released. Oh, they've already been released. It's called Sassy Goes Exploring. And Ride it's, the Wind. And Ride the Wind. But, Sassy Goes Exploring is about our cat. It's a true story, actually, about when we lost our cat. But through the power of God, we got her back in about a month. She was uh, pretty uh, pretty sick, but uh, we got her taken care of, and she's back as sassy as ever. But uh, that's, that one's released, and uh, we Ride the Wind is, being, is already available. So check out our website if you want more information on those books and many, many of our other books. Don't forget to go, go, to, go to our website at yournewlifeministries.org. And don't forget to listen to our podcast and our YouTube channel as well. And any more updates, honey? No. But always remember, when you, know, you know you've got this when you let God lead the way. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye.